0: It's
1: time for the No Shot Clock podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. really stepped up. Now here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report.
0: Welcome back in, everybody. No shot clock. We are uh, Martin Luther King Day here. I just had a I had a busy day of hoops over at Trier's new facility. Uh, Joe's been a little under the weather and he's got to get healthy for next weekend. The big Windsides collide shootout that Joe puts sure. together at Bennett. We are going to preview that after we do our two takes. Uh, are, you, are you ready to uh, get five games, Joe? You're in charge.
1: Yeah. I, hindsight, I'd rather have four. Yeah. But hey, I just yeah. joined the the posse of scheduling the events of it, I'm probably too short of the uh what's become the norm almost, but oh well.
0: Yeah, I gotta say the two today was great. The two was always great with Rilko and Kaplan's thing. I'm a two game shootout man, I think. I, I
1: like kidding. three. I yeah, like three. That's as an att- as an attendee. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm never... get
1: my get bank from my buck.
0: <laughs> That's true. If you're going to the prices they're charging these days, uh, you you might want uh multiple games. But uh we're going to we'll start out with our two takes. My first one is after talking to the coaches this weekend, uh it was interesting. Several of them, it's not something I brought up, but they brought up to me in the course of questions that due to the weather and you know Friday was canceled, everything was and some other days for other teams that the teams had a break they even had a break from practice and multiple coaches mentioned to me how it was kind of good for everybody <laughs> the kids were better everybody just kind of needed a break and Angela Siravino threw down my favorite dunk i've seen in maybe a couple of years uh, against uh, Glenbrook north it was fantastic this backwards thing and he even mentioned that you know his legs were fresh <laughs> he hadn't played in a while and all this stuff. And it made me start to wonder, and I don't know the answer to this. I don't, Joe, you might more than me are. Do you know any of any coaches that are building a break into their schedule? Or does everybody kind of assume the weather is going to give it to them? Because I don't think anybody's fully processed how we're playing more games in a week, shorter season now. And it's just, it's kind of crushing to everybody.
1: Well, you are, people that are listening to the podcast, we we don't really usually discuss our takes prior to, for the most part. And so you're leading right into my first take, but you you continue on. And I don't see where you're going with this, but no, yeah, I mean, that's, and again, this is kind of leading into what I was talking about, because I've talked a lot about this with the high school coaches, about if anybody, you know, if you go 25 years ago, Mike, they played, it was, 20 years ago, 25, 40. It was a 25-game schedule,
0: mm-hmm. That
1: and that was the cutoff. 25 games, period. Then they changed it to X amount of games plus two tournaments, or if you played in three tournaments, you could only play this amount of games. That was just a colossal headache for scheduling. Then it went to this new format scheduling of 31 games, which – To your point, you just made, it was okay. I'm at, but you cut off a week of the season, which we did with the revamping of the state tournament, and you're one week short of squeezing in the same amount of games. And I know you're, you're, you know, you're kind of, kind of stealing what you're talking about. But my conversations this week with, again, I've had this a number of times. This has come up at this particular time of the year, and. Also in particular it's <laughs> Martin Luther King weekend because I've never understood why anyone wants to play four games, five games in 3 days in the heart of the season. I'll never understand. Um so yeah, it, it is a to answer your question originally, no, I don't know if they can build in breaks yeah. because of it, there's too many games and it, and it's, you know, as one coach told me this week Joe, it's like keeping up with the Joneses. It's like the summertime. If you play 27 games and everybody else is playing 30, 31, then people look yeah. at you. It's very similar to the summertime. You know, everybody's playing ridiculous amounts in June and a coach cries to scale back and you're just trying to keep up with everybody else. So it is, a, it's a tricky thing. I, I, Not so much getting tired and beat up, Mike. I'm totally taking your take here. Uh, it's also the lack of practice time. And, oh, yeah, you know, it's just taken away from the ability to get back in the gym, tweak some, tweak some things, prepare for some things, skill work, all of that. It, it's lost when you're, when you're playing this many games. And now with all of these cold, cold outs and snow outs and, oh, I, I I fear what's coming in the next two, three, two, three weeks. The
0: the HF moms, I hadn't realized they they sent me another video message today, and HF has five games this week.
1: Yeah, and well, and I believe Yorkville, who's in one sides class, I think they play either four or five this week.
0: (laughs) That's insanity.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's well, and and I'm not trying to crush the MLK weekend, Uh, but. I kind of quit going. Your case was different, um, you know, because it's a one-day deal and they didn't play all weekend. But these teams that are playing, I, I remember going to games on a Monday where they had played two games on Saturday. Some of them had played on the Friday before and then watched the games on Monday. And it, they were awful. It, it was just – they were there's no legs. There's just – anyway, so –
0: yeah, it's an interesting. I, I would go for maybe if everybody tried to take off the week after the holiday tournaments, you know, and reboot that week. That used to be the case under the old schedule. Yeah, it was a really slow week for everybody,
1: and it was it, it was slower than normal than or than other weeks, but yet it was still revved yeah. up by January third or fourth. Yeah, we're trying to squeeze all these games in, so. I don't know. I, I kind of like I said interrupted your take, but I, I, was I just done.
0: no worries. <laughs> I, I, I
1: I mean I think thirty one games though too is too many. I I don't think you need to play thirty one games. And there's a lot of coaches that have told me that that we don't want to play thirty one, but it keeps coming back to well everybody else's. If everybody else is playing 30-31, we kind of have to too. So uh, my that was my my take but I, I feel like I did the exact same take a year ago uh just about scheduling and, too many games yeah so I feel like I should come up with a new take uh it, but uh, what one of was on the burner on the back burner uh, and I was gonna ask you Mike because you either in a notebook or your rankings or something you discussed or you brought it up and I was gonna go this route and now that we kind of feel like you have a little bit of time uh, cause our we doubled up on that. Um, the public league. Uh, I, I, Mike, I I don't know. I mean, have we ever seen a lack of a presence from public league teams in rankings? And as I started to look ahead to, you know, how I do my sectional seeds and all of that, just for the first time, I started just kind of perusing, peeking around. But a presence in like where they'll be seated. I mean, if it thank goodness for Mike Oliver's boys who have yes stepped up and become better than again, that's a broken record. We say this every year. They're better than we thought, or they're doing things we knew they're gonna be good, but they're a little bit better. But the point is they've been terrific. They're seventeen and one, they're unbeaten in the Red South Central and 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 are by far and away, but I mean, gosh, every every program we, we've discussed in the past, where the the West Side has just deteriorated with, you know, the Farraguts and the Marshals and the Cranes and the you know all those kind of just being lost, and now we see like a Bogan and back to the West Side, or you know, I, and so these these programs we've been trying to prop up, just kind of haven't made the most of it. I know Lincoln Park had their, kind of their moment there and a minute there, but, you know, they, they feel like they're kind of coming back to earth. Lane really hasn't done what, you know, we really expected them to do as a preseason top 25. Uh Young is is young, but we're not used to them being 10 and 8 in January. Simeon's under 500. You know, it, Hyde Park's just kind of stringing along. I I just, it's so weird to me to see we're not talking the last 10 years or five years (laughs) talking like historical.
0: Yeah. Not in my 20 years working and not in my 20 years as a fan, 15 years as a fan before that. Right. So we're we're talking,
1: we're talking something that's going down and happening in high school basketball. That is it a negative tone that I'm discussing? Yeah, it is, but it's reality. It's just, I fear because I look at, like the junior player rankings and the public league and my top 50 players, like there's, there's a handful at the most, yeah. that that's, um, that's unbelievable. So
0: I don't know that. Well, that, Joe, <laughs> j- this dives right into my long take.
1: No, I don't go there. Go ahead.
0: Because I've been thinking about it. Um, I wasn't sure which way to start. This is, this is something I've been discussing in private with people for a while now. And I figured it was time to shake it out on the podcast. Um, When I was a kid, (laughs) we're going to go back. You know, I think one of the things that really appealed to me um, about high school basketball was that it was, I'm not going to say only, but one of the few things that, uh, you know, middle class or below uh, high school, public high school in Joliet could compete in. Something you know, we could beat the private schools in town, Juliet Catholic and Providence. We could go out and beat Glumberg North at state. You know, we could go out and beat Lincoln Way regularly. And boy, did we enjoy that? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We always beat Andrew. And that didn't happen in pretty much anything else. And it, it made high school basketball really appealing to me in, in a way that especially football wasn't. And it, it seemed like something about the high school basketball playing field was more level. Than not even just sports, but the rest of the world, anything you could do that high school basketball was a little bit different. And the last few years since COVID, I've got some, not really numbers, but some, a little bit of research here, uh, that's begun to change quickly. And as I was standing today in Nutrier's beautiful, $75 million sports facility, boy, was it hitting home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an awful lot more that place is spectacular i loved it joe i i mean we'll throw we'll stop you, the you, economics you, you, thing for a you, second you, you did yeah. pick the one anomaly
1: of of yeah i of, but i, I digress that, that
0: place is wonderful i love the feel of it i loved watching the games there i loved everything about that venue it's a spectacular place go check it out i was going in expected not to like it so i generally don't like the new stuff i like old gyms loved it 10 out of 10 Great job to everyone but, but involved with that.
1: Even <laughs> even the even the renderings are cool though. That's you know that's when I knew like when you saw yeah. the
0: renderings of them. I never I, know about that kind of stuff until I get in there, and I just all the new stuff's been so bad that. Oh yeah, cookie cutter. Yeah, so I assumed it was going to be bad. Man, it's not. I love it. It's great. But anyway, so as I was in there, you know, it, it hit home again. So I went back and I looked and. So we're just going to, obviously, a lot of things go into getting, this is going to be the final four teams in Class 4A, okay? Um, obviously, a lot goes into that. These are geographically, you know, maneuvered and this and that. So the, the eight teams since COVID, Nutrier, Bennett, Downers Grove North, Moline, Young, Glenbard West, Barrington, and Bolingbrook. Now, we've gotten used to some of those names lately, but think about them, and now let's compare it to the four years before that. Remember, we had two years off with no state tournament because of COVID, and I think that's a long time in sports and in the world, and a lot of things happened. So let me go right in now to the names the four years before that. Evanston, Rockford East, Belleville West, Curie, Belleville West, Larkin. Evanston, Young, Young, Bolingbrook, Simeon, Fremd, Rockford, Auburn, Curie, Simeon, Bennett. So I would argue that in the four years before the last two, there may be two teams that you could say are part of this new wave, you know, the Bennett and and Fremd, probably showing up there. Now we had the Stevenson thing, you know, directly preceding this where we saw how Jalen Brunson led, but And I think this is going to kind of dive tails to some other things where my question is kind of really, has basketball become like almost every other sport? Is it pay to play now? And is the old way gone and not coming back? Because it kind of feels to me that this public league drop off a cliff that we're seeing now, it's just the public league first. It's also happening in the suburbs as well. Um, Some schools are getting propped up by transfers right now that are, I think about to dive off even worse than where the public league is at right now. And, you know, this is something not to get too long winded about it, but I don't know a lot of you guys might've read George Dorman's book, play their hearts out. Probably the best thing I've ever read on AAU and club basketball Um, was a great, really worth your time. If you like that sort of thing. Well, he has another book (laughs) and it's called switching fields. It's about U S the, the U.S. soccer infrastructure and how the the reason that we've never been that great in soccer has nothing to do with all these things we think, but it's because soccer's always been pay to play. And that's been a big problem with, with the national team and, and many other things. And so, so I guess that's my, it's not so much a take as a question. Is this here for good? Is it just, is it, is it going to change once we come out of COVID a little bit more and we have seniors who did play freshman basketball and stuff or is this just the new reality and is high school basketball becoming frankly like the rest of the world
1: well you're also pointing out a little bit of it it it's almost reverse when it comes to basketball reverse socioeconomic sport of success because i, I mean if you went through the history of the sport it's it's you know, it's reversed of what you used to think. You know, um, well, you know, the, the, there were certain socioeconomic areas that thrived with basketball and that were a little lower in economics. And
0: exactly, you... our dynasties are Peoria, Emmanuel, and Simeon. Well,
1: right. But I'm, I'm, I, you could, and you continue on, whether it be yeah. Proviso East, um, um, you know, just the, some of the, some of the South suburbs. And you you you've seen a reverse here now. To me, it goes back to basically my you know you, you rattle off all those teams, and by and large, yes, there's there's other ones that fit the criteria, but we're talking a lot of in the first group. There were no publicly teams, and then second group there were a ton of publicly teams. So it goes to my question that I've asked people in particularly in the city is just so what is going on what what is happening to publicly basketball in the city and you know there's different I, there's no definitive answer but there's different opinions on it and is it, it it doesn't seem like it's a one or two year thing to me because I feel like it's as i just pointed out I mean, the junior class is not, you look at the public league, Mike, for next year, if you were forecasting, I mean, it's not, it's just nothing. It's a shell of what it was. and
0: Yeah, I think George, um, my buddy from RB, the big RB fan, George asked a question on our mailbag episode and and how in the weeds we want to get about this, but I, I think it has to do with the neighborhood schools basically being starved to death and devalued and, kind of taken over by the charter schools and the magnet schools because those neighborhood schools were the basketball powers basically. And it's been, you know, the goal was to create, you know, 10, 12 good high schools in Chicago. So people didn't move away and had somewhere to send their kids. And that goal was achieved, but kind of at the cost of your normal neighborhood high school, which is now really struggling and is where a lot of the basketball powers used to be. And, and that's not changing. That's not because of COVID and i mean it might be changing that's something the new mayor brandon johnson's talked about and we'll see what the school board does or whatever but i think that that is something that we didn't really notice while it was going on and in a lot of ways because there were powerful coaches and veteran coaches that kept some of the neighborhood schools alive and they've moved on now and we've seen what's happened to those places once they're gone and once that guy leaves i think it's too hard to bring it back
1: yeah i mean these are these are answers that are really hard to pinpoint uh but you know and as i'm gonna wrap up my my second take i kind of i'm doing two and a half i mean i had this original one and i went into that one um but real quick my guy, as i was talking about sectionals you know i i again i I usually don't want to talk about sectional basketball in january middle of january (laughs) but the only reason i do is because as i was looking at you know you try to you have an idea of what you want to discuss or talk about, or even when you want to write it and you dive into that's what you were, you researched. And as you dig into the research, what you thought was true, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's even more prevalent than I thought mm-hmm. uh, as you dig deeper. And that's what I did just with this, this quick take is because it's going to be interesting with this particular sectional. what happens between now and seating time, because the sectional, Mike, I was looking at East Aurora right now in your rankings, as it stands right now number 5 bennett number 6 wobansi valley number 7 donalds grove north number 13 bolingbrook number 16 west aurora number 17 nequa valley i mean there's your there's six and I, and then you're getting into you know a squeagle east with already with 13 14 wins and a Could division have just one. gotten
0: in at the bottom yeah a division one it. player yeah.
1: Downers, downers grove south is a 13 14 win team that's played well plainfield north has 12 13 wins matia valley's been dangerous yorkville has a 6'10 kid going to mm-hmm. illinois and is starting to play a little bit better and they were a preseason top 25 team I we're down to a, we're at 11 12 teams that are all going to be jockeying for these these positions and, and, and these seeds that, you know, they'll play it out come sectional time and then – Come regional time. <laughs> re, yeah, be- yeah, sorry, yeah, regional <laughs> yeah. championship. I mean, somebody's going to – I mean, a, a, a one or two seeds probably going to have to play like Oswego East.
0: Yeah, there's not going to be a, a gimme game or, or anywhere yeah. in that. Yeah,
1: And then the winner of the sectional gets to go to normal right? Isn't that where they go? I didn't look, but yeah. We t- so we talk about it. Normal took it on the yeah, chin again today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, um, well, there's there's a scheduling. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, just what they've kind of done with their scheduling coming up here again this weekend and, and, and playing anybody and everything mean, they've played. They played Thornton. They played Kenwood. They've come up here for the weekend. They're playing DePaul next weekend. So, um, eh, I'm sure it's a and staying up here this this weekend. Normal did it's. I don't know. It doesn't seem real conducive to putting together a string of wins, but we'll see
0: how that goes. Yeah, that's going to be because a lot of those teams in that section, yeah, they, they've really come on, like West Aurora and Niqua and kind of proven themselves at least right. to me in, in the second half of the season. But yeah, Oswego East, I thought about you know the, the big win over Bolingbrook. You know that that's something I thought about smashing them in at the bottom i had some, well yeah some and they have a
1: track it. record they've got a you know exactly. winning culture yeah. now they've they've won a sectional last year and they kind of rebuilt around Javon starwood and you know they, they, they just kind of know they're going to be competitive and and now they're put themselves they're fighting for a top eight seed in the sectional
0: all right and is plainfield east in there too yep Yep, they are there, too. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not. I like that one kid. They're not too bad at all. Um. All right, we're going to uh, take a look here at when sides collide. Joe's too big shootout coming up this weekend at Bennett, and uh, it starts off with Normal versus Paul. We talked about Normal a little bit. Uh, uh, my big takeaway from Normal is uh, Gene Weber, the big guy, had a lot of troubles in the game I saw against Wabanzi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw he was not one of their top scorers today against Downers Grove North either. And boy, DePaul Prep, they're pretty good at stopping people from scoring. This could be another rough trip up north for normal.
1: DePaul Prep uh, for the second straight year, though, is kind of getting decimated by injuries. Uh, With Walls, he's been out. He's been their defensive stopper. Jonas Johnson has two starters. They're down. Uh, I don't think they're back this week. So, you know, that's... You know, for normal, I really like their point guard. Braylon, Norm, Braylon Roman is is uh to me one of the probably the best unsigned kid uh remaining in the senior class. So that'll be the that's the opener. And then it, it kind of leads into, you know, it's good to see that Jack Stanton returned today yeah, with Downers yeah. Grove North. Uh he's been out probably, I don't know, three, four games, um, with a with an ankle injury, and they'll play that second game there with Downers North against Homewood Flossmore. A, Battle some really good guards. You know, you look at HF with Gianni Cobb and uh, Jaden Tyler and Carson Brownfield, and, it, you know, that's, and then obviously Bryce Hurd is on the perimeter too. But that to me has the makings of potential. If, if Stanton, you know, I did not see him play, they said he was a little, I, from people I talked to today, made shots, but a little stiff uh, moving. So I'm sure he's still getting acclimated and getting back into the flow of things. I know he hasn't practiced much, but without you take Stanton out of that lineup, and that's that's a different team, um, obviously.
0: Yeah, this one should be. Uh, I've not seen Downers Grove North since, um, boy, I guess since Team Rose. So I'm looking oh, you forward.
1: Didn't, you, you didn't see him at uh, Tosh, Jack Tosh?
0: No, I did not. So, yeah, it's it's been a while. They're one of the, probably the top teams I haven't seen in the longest amount of time now. So I'm looking forward to seeing them again. And I think this is my second favorite game of the shootout. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. HF seems to have, you know, they just keep – they were down today to Romeoville, you know, it shook it off and, and came back. They seem to have a lot of backbone in them. And I the three stars really came out, out late in that one.
1: Well, and, Mike, they have now – <clears throat> if you include today's win, I mean, look at that run. I mean, they beat yeah. Rich, Thornton, Paul, and Romeoville. Three, you know, four really quality wins, I believe, back to back to back to back, I think. Um, so that's, that's a feather in the cap for, for a team that's, you know, trying to prove still that, that it's all coming together. And coming together it is because they, <laughs> they, um, Ranked number two and, and come into this thing as as a legit state talent contender.
0: Oh boy, those moms said five games this week. Maybe their that game was rescheduled for this week. Cause I'm counting. Oh boy. Mm. <laughs> that would be a week. Yeah, but the Bolingbroke HF showdown on Friday. Uh as for most of you guys know they got um postponed, and I'm counting that they've got games against Stag, Lincoln Way Central, and Downers Grove North, and they played today. So, yeah, it looks like maybe they shoved that Brook game in. Oh, boy. That'll be uh, interesting to see how that one goes. Then we've got uh, Young versus Yorkville. And- Weird ones. Yeah, I have not seen Yorkville um, this season. That's not true. I saw the one game in the morning at um, York, uh, and Jason Jacks just played excellent, best I've seen him play. I didn't cover mm. it, but I watched it. Um, Young, I've seen quite a bit, just saw last week. Um, they got past Westinghouse. And I think the thing I'll say about young, it's obvious they're very young. We say that a lot of teams they are younger than most of them. And they had a lot of guys that kind of want to play the same spot. And so there's just a Tyrone Slaughter. We don't agree a lot of times on some things Tyrone and I, but you know, we have a, we're friendly about it. Everything's fine. And. He, he agrees with a lot of stuff this year. He he's, have, he's admitting, he's like, yeah, we're still trying to figure it out and the rotation and that kind of thing. And what I wanted to say about it is the team is not hanging their heads. They'd lost three games in a row when I went in to see them at home against Westinghouse and they came out with a tough win. I talked to them afterwards and you can just tell when a team's in trouble, especially this time of year, when things start piling on, you can, they're high school kids. It's pretty obvious. That's not the case with young. This team is still, they're still positive. And I think they're still worth keeping an eye on. Definitely the ceilings below what we thought it was coming into the season. So I think this, one way or another, one of these teams is going to get a really big win on Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my point. Is, it can, is can this be a, a a launching off point for one of these two teams who came in? Both of them were preseason ranked in the top 25. Um, you know, York for their struggles, very shorthanded at the beginning of the year. They played better of, of of late in the last month. And then Young has just been, you know, also dealing with injuries. I don't know if Antonio Munoz, is he, he was out. Um, he's obviously yeah. their, their junior, who's a, their best player and he's, he's been out. So, uh, you know, can this be a, you know, like, a, again, a, a point to turn a little bit for one of these
0: two teams. Yeah. What Munoz, what they told me was it was an ankle and he went in to get it looked at. And then they thought there's some, there's some stuff there that had maybe been an issue for a while. So they wanted to give him some rest. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's, I mean. Antonio Munoz, he's a monster. He's one of my favorite kids to watch in the whole state. He's just energy from beginning to end. So hopefully he'll play, but either way, it'll be a fun one. Then we've got Kenwood versus Mount Carmel. Kenwood, somebody referred to them today as the Dallas Cowboys of (laughs) Illinois high school basketball. It's like, if they win, it's big news. If they lose, it's big news. It doesn't matter. It's Kenwood, it's news. And
1: Well, fortunately, their schedule allows them to have a (laughs) HR a breakthrough moment because it just seems like we keep waiting for it. And then they think you got it. And then, you know, okay. And then this happens or that happens. And Devin Cleveland's back. And then they beat, they beat Warren by 30. It's who, but a tale of two teams right here though. Yeah. One that's kind of seems to be a little bit on cruise control with what they're trying to accomplish this year and another one is just trying to they're in the deep end of the pool they're just trying to survive um, and and they have the talent to kind of persevere and and turn it around but time's ticking man so you know and it's a big moment for Mount Carmel because you know it's you know it's a south two two teams in the south side of Chicago in a private public league school a Chicago Catholic league school and uh I got to believe Mount Carmel's licking their chops to get a shot at them.
0: Yeah, and Mount Car- obviously Mount Carmel's had a great season in some years. With their resume right now, they'd be number one. And like Joe said, they do feel very settled. I would say, aside from Curie, they would be my number two most settled team who knows who they are and what they're doing, you mm-hmm. know, of the elite. Um, that is very evident today as well. But I think it's important to remember there's it's still a program on the ascension. You know, they don't have a ton of big-time stuff in their recent past uh, at all. You remember that big game with uh, Young in the last public league in the playoffs when um, Tracy Abrams was a freshman. Um, a win versus Kenwood would, would be a big thing. And
1: I do Ken- think their, their run last year, did, you know, even though it ended in a sectional final loss, yeah. I do think it was important for them to have enjoy some success. Uh, but what I like about them, Mike, is just, their balance, they—I just—I really started noticing, you know, following their games at Pekin and then watching them play, it's the same thing. They do have a star. I mean, Chirivino is terrific. The kid, he's six five, six six, kid, Big Ten player, but it, he gets a lot of help, and they have a lot of balance, and and they—I uh, think they share the ball. So it's just like you said, it's a team that's really come together, pretty well tight knit group that uh has it's, it's, to this point, no question has maximized their their talent and lived up to the preseason expectations and the hype.
0: I was uh I ran into a new Trier dad right before the game today, and he was asking me what I thought if I predicted it. I'm like, that's Joe's job (laughs) he predicts things not me (laughs) i got the record just bad enough but i was especially wary of saying much about this because after the curie game i thought kenwood was going to make some changes uh that was that went so badly and they've been. i thought we'd see some changes in rotation starters playing time i expected that it did not happen things were exactly the same so i'm wondering if this week i think that they've got a game before this one maybe they'll start to change things because they were asking questions you know the parents were out there after the game the assistant coach everybody is kind of asking questions and this it they reached the point where they realize now something needs to change so it'll be interesting to see what happens this week uh big one bennett versus thornton joe you called this one i don't think you actually thought this was gonna be (laughs) maybe the, uh, but it looked you look like a genius now so
1: yeah no i mean mount carmel kenwood was the game i thought all right this is gonna be the one that Get these two together and um and then wrap it up with a nightcap of Merez and a rowdy, rambunctious crowd.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: and, now uh, it's number four, to, You know, it's a battle top five teams.
0: Yeah. I'm excited I, for it. I mean, look look at Morez at something that I think it was Thornton account or Mean Street just posted. He had career highs in like
1: 30, 30 and fifteen or something tonight. Yeah, in, in all
0: well, this week he had his career high in like all three categories in different games. Um, it was kind of cool, like his most rebounds, his most points, and another game most blocks. So he is on a high. Um, it's it was Abraham. it was that
1: it was that foolish freshman of the year, freshman player of the year conversation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're really mad about <laughs> when I talked about slurs. And anyway, he's got yeah something on his back. But is Chase Abraham hurt? Did I hear that? That? Oh, I didn't. I did not. I shouldn't be speculating in the podcast, but I feel like. I'll have to look and see. I'll have to ask if he played. I was worried that that might have been the case, which would be a big miss uh, for Thornton. But you just don't know what you're going to see out of Bennett. I've seen them be spectacular. I mean, they're never going to be bad. They're they're very consistent as far as a a baseline level. But at home in this big game, I'm interested, though. You remember last year where they just came out
1: like guns blazing? Yeah. Yeah. With a bunch of seniors, though. That atmosphere, that home crowd—I mean, that's that's that, that does get you charged up. But it will be interesting to see how the young kids respond to it. You know, it's 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 even though it is your crowd, it, it is going to be interesting to see just how the young kids handle it. And then, in particular, they have size, but as you've seen, it's not the most developed size. Yeah. Um, so it'll be how do they match up with Marez Johnson? Is going to be a, a thing to watch within that game.
0: Shooters at home, though. I've not seen Bennett at home this year. Like that could be. Yeah, I had God. the Marist Bennett Tough. game, and,
1: yeah. Uh, they took care of business there, and um, that, that you know, I don't know. It, it that it should be a fun one, though. I I I, I mean I, that's I I think Thornton. Man, I'm sure Ty Streets probably aware of what they're getting themselves into. You know, as far as the 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 true road game. Yeah. This will be as true of a road game as they'll play all year.
0: Yeah, so boy, Thornton is really put together. It's quite a schedule, huh? They're gonna be ready for those playoffs. I feel like they're in a marquee matchup every time. I kind of feel like I feel like everybody
1: is though now. And we've talked about in the past just how everybody's kind of scheduling everybody.
0: A a lot a lot of the high a lot of the higher teams are the problem. We got some teams with gaudy records in the mid and bottom. Yeah, Yeah. I, I got some issues <laughs> with those yeah, things, and, and, some, and some and some yeah. and some
1: probably didn't fully expect to be where they are yeah some of them uh but although and there's others that probably don't have an excuse
0: yeah you see the uh, Hillcrest beat RB today Whew. yeah I just yeah. talked up those bulldogs just that this wasn't the RB team that was gonna have oh, I couldn't poor George George's second mentions at the podcast but uh, yeah. all right well we'll see everybody this weekend at Bennett I'm sure It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll be back to break it all down next week.